Hello, and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome, like anxiety, health, and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. Welcome to another edition of the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. I'm Sarah, and I'm happy to connect with you this week. We're going to get into a little bit more about parenting as our topic this week. We know that parenting can be really hard, and we've talked recently about helping our teens through challenges, about supporting our LGBTQIA plus youth and teens, as well as parenting highly sensitive children. Today, we're going to dig into a parenting approach called conscious parenting. We're going to speak with Nina Cruz, who is a conscious parent coach and social worker, as well as a meditation teacher. She's made it her mission to support parents through shifting through archaic parental paradigms, many of which contribute to increased stress, anxiety, overwhelm, and feelings of disconnection from themselves, their partners, and their children. And I think we've all experienced this, where we're like, we think think we should do something parenting-wise, and we think that this is how our parents may have handled it, but we don't really feel aligned with it. So this is, I think, where conscious parenting really comes in. Nina's approach to coaching revolves around trauma-informed care that puts others at ease, providing a safe space for everyone to facilitate their individual healing and growth. So we're going to learn a lot in this episode, mainly starting with what is conscious parenting? Why should we be interested in it? What are the benefits? What is really going on when we're interacting with our child? And how can we really do it better and do it in a way that we feel totally aligned with what we're doing as a parent? So join me for this conversation with Nina Cruz. So welcome, Nina, to the podcast. I'm happy to connect with you today. Thank you for having me, Sarah. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So why don't we start with you providing a little bit of your background and how you got into being a parenting coach? Yeah, so my background is in, actually, I've done quite a few different things. I did hospitality and then I did uh, social work. So I was a social worker and then I ended up in health and fitness for a while. And then I stumbled on conscious parenting. And at the time, I was doing a bit of wellness coaching. So because my fascination was always, you know, why why do people know what to do but they're not doing it? And and so I was always intrigued and in trying to understand and support people to achieve what they wanted to achieve, or whether that was in their life or in the gym or in them with their body. Um, so I stumbled on conscious parenting. I was a, a, a parent. I had my son and my daughter actually at the time when I stumbled on conscious parenting and it really resonated with me and it really was that aha moment where I was like, wow, I I see, I I got that understanding that I see that it's about me, not my child. And that led me down on a new pathway and the new journey of exploring uh, more of that and studying and studying myself really. (laughs) And, um, you know, it opened up the doorway to, to support other parents because, also, I had been doing it. I'd been going through it, and I'd been going through my own challenges, uh, and seeing how it really uh, supported the parents. It was supporting me in 
letting her go of a lot of my own conditioning and a lot of the shoulds of parenting and just being able to enter the present moment and be with my children and and really, you know, be available in in that moment without having the all the stories and all the stuff going on and how my child should be behaving and should what they should be doing and yeah it it was a real you know freedom point call to freedom to to feel that freedom um in my parenting and in my life really and let go of a lot of the the stuff that we hang on to the baggage that we just carry with us until we realize hang on I'm carrying all this stuff uh, I can actually let it go yeah, wow, that makes a lot of sense. And and that's an interesting journey to get there for sure, wanting to help people. And so you mentioned conscious parenting. Why don't you just mm. start by kind of explaining what that is for those that aren't familiar with mm. it? Yeah, well, conscious parenting is it's not like a strategy or it, it's actually an, a lived experience. So conscious parenting is really about seeing a child as your teacher. And, you know, you're their, their spiritual guide. And it's starting to have this uh, dynamic where, you know, you're not greater than, you're not like the parent you're all knowing and your child's lesser than, that you start to really take on what's showing up for you on the journey when you're with your child, what's actually going on inside of you. So conscious parenting, the you know, basic premise is really connecting to your child but in order to connect to your child, you must be connecting to yourself first. So conscious parenting is actually about turning the mirror on to the parent to ask, what is what is this about me? What is going on inside of me? And releasing the child, uh, not focusing on all the behaviours. Not, Of course, you you deal with them and you you see the behaviours as a red flag that, oh, there's, there's a need they're trying to meet. But you're not trying to fix and change and contour and the child. So the child's released to be allowed to be there in their own truth, their own essence, and the parent does the work. And when the parent's energy shifts and they, you know, look at life through a different lens and start to see the child in a new way, uh, absolutely everything shifts. Yeah, no, I can totally imagine that's that's a totally different dynamic than than many um, parent-child relationships. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned like the child is in their own and then the parent does the work. So what does that work look like? Is that, you know, guiding the child? Is that working on themselves to support them? How, how does yeah, so the, the, a lot of the work that I do with parents is is the inner work. It's starting to get to know yourself on a deeper level, understand the patterns that are playing out. We have patterns from childhood. We're conditioned in childhood between the ages of zero and seven, and we're basically living out patterns. We're not living a life. We're living a pattern. And um, so it's really becoming aware of when I'm in a pattern and or when I'm in ego as well, because uh, a lot of parenting, we want to control. We come from fear and control, and that's the predominant paradigm in society, fear. Uh, and when we come from that energy, we disconnect from the child. You can't be in control uh, and fear and be connected. So it's really starting to see, you know, what's going on beneath the surface for me? What What is... What, what energy do I bring to the moment? What thoughts, actions, feelings do I have? So we have like this loop, thoughts, feelings, actions. 
what what loops am I staying into in? What patterns am I playing out? Uh, and how can I disrupt that loop so I can actually parent and live in my creative genius and in my, uh, you know, what I really truly want to desire to create because otherwise we're actually creating by default, which is through our own patterns and conditioning, which which was set up in childhood to keep us safe, but we become an adult and and they're really actually doing us a disservice. And they're also doing our child a disservice because we're not allowing them to have life experiences which we may be trying to control things, trying to keep them safe, and they don't get to experience some of the beauty of life, which is, you know, maybe not getting what they want at a moment, maybe not getting invited to the party, uh, these kind of experiences. So, um, yeah, these these patterns that were set up were, were just to keep us safe, and so we play this dysfunctional loop, this dysfunctional personality uh, into our parenting and then, you know, depending on the child you have, uh, you know, they might, it might butt up against them and that's where a lot of the parents come to me when everything they're doing is not working anymore. It's not working. The child is is um, not listening. The child is 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 not doing what they're saying. You know, there's a lot of behaviours and then it's time for the parent to release the child and that's not to not parent the child it's not to not put boundaries and consequences it's it's to start to look at what's really going on for them because the go-to will be control the go-to is the ego which the ego uh will try and control uh fear-based strategies punishment uh and you know rewards you know whatever we can do to control the child Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, absolutely. That's that's an interesting approach. And I'm sure there are benefits like both to the parent and the child in this different approach. So what would those be? Can you give us a couple? Yeah, well, for the child, they get to stay in their truth. They don't have to uh, be a certain way to get loved. They don't. We don't have to, um, you know, put them in scenarios where they, they have to put masks on. They have to be somebody they're not and then hit 40 and go, oh, my God, who am I? I didn't really want to do, you know, study this or I didn't really want to work there and they have their own awakening at 40. So it allows the child to really be in their truth and in their true essence and follow their own path. We're not trying to uh, create the path for them. And in saying that, that releases the parent. We, We actually don't need to be trying to create this, incredible child they've arrived the divine you know this divine being we actually don't have to do anything we just have to allow we have to let go and allow for this beautiful butterfly to you know this beautiful flower to unfold and and follow their lead a little bit more we don't need to be taking on all this responsibility that we have to create this you know, Einstein or this genius, this musician, we just follow their lead and we allow whatever is unfolding within them. If they want to do a music lesson and they want to start playing the flute, we follow that. If they don't want to, they're like, I'm not sure if I really like this. We don't go, oh, my gosh, you're giving up. That's it. You know, you're you're a giver-upper. And, you know, we, we don't go down these roads. There's certainly times when we need to to coach and come in and go and really discern is is this really 
is there something else going on? You're not wanting to do it. So, of course, we have conversations, but we're not forcing them to do something they're not really aligned to, just like we're not forcing ourselves to do something that's not feeling right for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I mean, honestly, I would argue a lot of the parents probably are forcing themselves as well to do things that, mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. don't yeah. really feel great. So, you know, it could be yeah. that kind of then what they're repeating with the with child as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not to say you can't do anything that challenges you. That's not. But if it's it's not part of in your heart, it's not like you're calling. You're you're doing it out of an egoic agenda, which means you're doing it to fulfill something that you didn't get in childhood. So, of course there are going to be times where you have to push through the fear, but the difference is are you doing it to meet some egoic agenda, like, you know, I wasn't, I didn't, I'm not worthy. So you're doing whatever you can to be worthy and to be liked and saying yes to everybody. And um, yeah, so that's the difference. Okay, that makes sense. And I appreciate the example there, like, because I think that's what people are probably wondering, like, so how does it fit? Like, how do we, Mm. where do you draw that line? And how do you correct behaviors if you're, you know, kind of, in a way it seems like letting the child lead, right? Like it, it can then yeah, become that yeah. challenge. Yeah. So basically, you know, in the moment the information arrives, you, you, you see what's going on. Maybe there's a behavior. We want to be meeting the need beneath behavior. Uh, we want to be connecting before any kind of correction uh, and really understanding what's going on for the child in the moment. Uh, and and also, you know, being the antidote. Maybe they're really got this massive energy burst, and they can't control this energy. So you have to be the antidote. You come, you come calmly. You come, you know, regulated uh, to your child. Not, you know, yelling, screaming. That's that's going to dysregulate. We, we need to be regulated coming to our child to meet what's going on, and then you discern as to. Do I need to hold a boundary? What do I need? What is my child needing from me right now? And then we also look at, not necessarily in the moment, but you look at later on, what was going on for me? What was I thinking, feeling? What? How did I act? What was I believing about my child? Did I have a fantasy about my child that that what I say they should be following? And, you know, what kind of fantasy child do I have in my head uh, that, my child is never matching up and that's that's also resistance so uh it's really becoming aware that there's no like you know book to tell you exactly what you need to do with your child you you need to get to know your child you need to understand your child and understand yourself and because it's all unique dynamic dynamics going on there's no you know two dynamics that are going to be exactly the same because we all have different histories and we all have different conditioning and we all created certain patterns and programs so um, it's really starting to understand what's going on for you and then meeting your child where they're at not where you wish they were at Mm, yeah that makes sense and and putting your agenda onto them okay Mm -hmm. I like Mm -hmm. that. You know, one thing that comes up a lot for parents and you hear it around moms in particular is sort of that guilt, like never feeling like they're giving enough as a parent, always feeling like, you know, you're not meeting the desire of the child or, you know, you can't 
always show up in the best way that you would love to. Why does mm. that happen for parents? And what can we do to kind of get in a better space and feel like we're, you know, doing the best we Yeah. Well, guilt, guilt's basically a pattern that we, we've probably played it out since childhood. Uh, and it actually what's going on has nothing to do with our child. So whatever's happening on the outside, if we're triggered or we're feeling guilty, it's something on the inside of us that's that's been scratched, like a wound from childhood, like it's been scratched um, and we're triggered. So it's not like our child is trying to trigger us. You know, often we can say, oh, my child's doing this to me. They're not. They're just being kids. They, 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 they also figure out their own strategies. Um uh, you know, how can I get what I want? <laughs> of course they do. Um, mm-hmm. But we uh, we get triggered by something inside of us. So um, guilt, there's a pattern of guilt that we, you know, we have a pattern that we never were enough maybe as a child or we never did enough or our parents didn't see ever what we did and whatever we did was not enough. They, you know, their comments, we decided in our little story that, um you know, we're not enough. And so to overcompensate or to compensate for that, we have to try and do more, more. But the problem is we're in a loop that the more you do and try to overcome this discrepancy, this not enoughness, it, you, it's it's never going to be solved because if the ego solves this this dilemma, this this like I'm not enough, if the ego, if it gets solved, then what, what happens to your identity? That That is stuck in your identity. So the key piece would be becoming aware of when I'm feeling guilty, feeling those feelings, not acting on them, emotionally reacting. We have to learn to feel our feelings as grown-ups now. We have to adult and learn to feel our feelings. Often as a child, we didn't learn what to do with feelings. We we bottled them up. We, um, we didn't have a great example of what do you do with the feeling? So we feel the feelings like, and then we move through that that wave, that kind of ride the wave of the feeling. And then we have to choose, like, am I going to play out that pattern, which means I'm going to think, you know, that I my child, I never do enough for my child. And then I'm going to feel really like the worst mother ever and nothing, you know, I can't do anything right, really. And then act on that which, you know, means uh, trying to overdo for your child, which is not what they need. They don't need to be, um, you know, they need to to build independence. They need to know that they can do some things on their own. So it's disrupting this loop and you see it, you become aware of it. And it's like, okay, I see, I just realized, I mean, I'm playing that guilt, you know, feel, feel that feeling. It's an old feeling. It's a feeling that I'm going to feel it. And then I'm going to choose and I'm going to take action from that. What do I really want to create in this moment? What What's really going on? The truth of it. Because we have all these patterns playing out. And that's what I said earlier. We're, we're playing out patterns. We're not, we're, not, like we're not living a life. We're playing out patterns until we become aware of them. And, um, you know, the ego can be really sneaky. And it can, you know, plant thoughts into your mind that, you know, create a lot of chaos a lot of chaos so it's really differentiating between what is the pattern and what's going on with my ego 
And what does my true self really want to do? And what what is my truth? Because when you can differentiate and distinguish and separate the two, and not realize and realize that pers- uh, parenting isn't personal, that your child's you know that they're going to have their own journey, uh, you can start to parent from really what you're trying to create uh, instead of default and instead of trying to constantly, um, you know, parent from that egoic agenda, which is is lack and scarcity and really trying to to make up for what we feel inside or what we, we learnt to feel inside as a child that we weren't enough or we weren't worthy or we're not lovable. So it's constantly going to be overcoming and trying to compensate for that, that um, pattern or for that... Um, lack feeling that not enoughness okay that's interesting um and so you just made a comment parenting isn't personal and so Mm. yeah by that like are you trying to say that you know what our child does isn't you know a reflection of us or like is that sort of what you mean well your child's certainly going to mirror to you uh things to look at inside of you so um but in terms of, you know, they're swearing at you, they're doing what certain behaviours, it's not uh, personal. They're, they're trying to get their own needs, needs met. So, you know, when they're going to swear at you, they're trying to, you know, it's not, you, it's not necessarily, it's going to trip your pattern. Of course, it's going to, if you're not aware, it's going to trip it into I'm, I'm not a good enough parent because if the not a good enough is a pattern, uh, then that's going to trip it for sure. And then, we believe that, you know, it's about us. They're swearing because I haven't done something or I've done something wrong or, mm-hmm. but no, they're swearing because they're swearing. They're, they're letting go of energy. They're, they're releasing their anger. They want what they want. Like, no, it's not personal. And this is the problem. We, we, we get entangled. We get enmeshment with our child. So then we really can't clearly see what is ours to hold and we project our stuff onto our child. Once we can start to really get clarity around what's mine to hold, what's my child's, and parent from that space instead of projection, um, it, it becomes a lot clearer and a lot easier. And then then there's less those expectations like, yeah, teenager's going to swear or, you know, my, my 11-year-old swears, you know, when he's angry. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's life. It's, you know, we don't like it, but you know, uh, we can't, you can't control that Mm -hmm. unless you punish, unless you punish, of course, fear-based strategies, of course, you'll get a good outcome in the beginning, but, but down the track, uh, I guarantee you, they're not thinking about what they did. They're thinking about how bad my parent is. Yeah. Or the, the worry about, okay, will I end up with such and such consequence you know not as compared to like do not doing it because they know they it's not a good idea do you know what I mean like yeah yeah okay and so you you're sort of thinking um in this in this kind of parenting like you know you're not using things like oh, I took away their cell phone for a week or something like that as a a way to get through. So what would you do in that situation where, you know, you've got a child that's, you know, maybe, yeah, like a preteen kind of thing. They've done something not supposed to, you know, and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're trying to 
correct that. Like, so maybe it's at school or maybe it's something they've, you know, made some kind of comment online or something like that and gotten in a situation. So you're not taking something away. Are you just talking to them and you're working it through? What, what kind yeah. of question? How would that? So, yeah, there's no punishment like fear-based strategies. A lot of the fear-based punishments and strategies uh, actually disconnect you from the child, which means they don't want to be telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. And it actually doesn't work in your favour. They they won't be able to come to you openly when they've messed up really bad. They're scared. They're going to get punished. They're going to take something away. And they're also not reflecting on really what they they did necessarily and feeling the feelings. They just get scared. So they're not feeling necessarily that oh, that really you know, the impact of what their action, they did their actions. So, um, you know, we have certainly have boundaries and like loving limits and consequences. So, you know, if, if, uh, you know, they did something at school and they obviously school takes care of that, you, you can't really do much about that depending on what school they're at, there's going to be consequences at school. Um, but you want to really have an open dialogue. You want to be connecting first. You want to be hearing their story, understanding. And as you understand what's going on, because with conscious parenting, it's really you become quite creative and you 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 actually tap into a whole new, you know, new world of possibilities because you can't rely on the go-to that naturally your ego wants to shut it down or wants to, to, to control or, or punish. So you, you get creative. Uh, so the, the prerequisite is that the consequence needs to be related, like closely related to the, the incident. And obviously, um, you know, it can't be like a week later or it can't be, you know, it's in the moment that, that you're dealing with it. So, you know, if something happens at school, you, they come back, um, they've already been, probably reprimanded at school, you have a conversation with them. You understand what's going on. You get on their level uh, and then you, you you take action from there, you know, uh, depending on, do you have an example like at school, like what might happen? Like, I don't have a specific example, but yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of reflecting on, you know, maybe, maybe they didn't try very hard on something, right? So they decided that they don't like something at school and they just didn't do it or something like that. Um, And so like, there's almost that motivation piece too, right? And so then they come home and the consequence, you're right at school, like would have been, I didn't do well on this. And yeah, they got a bad mark, you know, they got a low mark maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe they're not even caring that much. And so how do you have that conversation? And, you know, I know you talked about children kind of being and doing things that they want, but like, yeah, how do you motivate them in in that case? Or yeah, well, you want you want intrinsic motivation. You want them to you want it coming from a lot of this work is from the inside out. We we conditioned to go from the outside in that everything is the outside, and then so we want to be building from the inside out because that's that's where the the true motivation, the true desire comes from. Um, you know, and they come back, um, you know, and they they didn't maybe try and they, you know, you have a conversation about that, like uh, anybody that's punished or, you know, that that really is not going to motivate them to try more. They they want to, you know, maybe it's payback or they, they don't really care about it. 
But you, you would have a conversation, understand what happened. If they're not organised and they need more organisation, you come up with a plan with them, some kind of agreement to, to plan, you know, studying or, or getting a bit more organised. Um, and you find out what, what would they like? What, what do they, you know, whether it's a, a subject, you know, what do they like about this subject? You've, you've got to start to investigate. You become, you know, you know, an investigator really. And you're understanding what your child is. That might not be their subject. They really might, you know, depending on what it is, obviously. You've got to find out what, what uh, gets them going, what motivates them. Um, and that's, that's why it's, it's not a, you know, a strategy or, a, you know, one fit, you know, one fit model, one size fits all model, because every child is unique and every, you know, child has their own temperament, their own um, blueprint, kind of their own uh, way of being. And that's, that's what we want to connect with. We want to understand first and then support them and be their guide. Uh, you know, if you're looking at, you know, they, they don't do the right thing with screens, say, you know, you have a plan with screens, you you talk to them about, you know, they maybe played more, you know, went over the time that was allocated, you know, with, with my son, if if he goes, goes over, uh, we discuss the plan for the next time, and he will tell me, you just take 15 minutes off my next time, he'll tell me that I'm not telling him. So you come up with a plan that that works for both of you. Uh, in particular with screens, you have to be regulating. Like children can't regulate their time on screens. Um, so it's really it, the, the child, the, the main, you know, premise is that, you know, everybody wants to be seen, heard, understood, do I matter? And this is the basic lens we're coming from. They feel heard. They feel seen. They, they matter that we're not coming down from a top-down approach telling them what to do, shuffling them in and out of the place, um, you know, nagging, uh, you know, they're constantly told they're not doing this, they're not doing that, you know, like we we hear ourselves doing it and we're like, oh, God, here I go again, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we we are creating and and allowing this unfolding of a beautiful connective relationship uh, that that is going to have its ups and downs, is going to have its challenges, but we're creating in the core of it this 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 uh, connective piece where they feel they feel that at a deep level, and we feel that we're seeing ourselves now, we're understanding ourselves, we're listening to ourselves, uh, and we're modeling it really. I was just thinking of an example like I I have seen that for sure like in in my parenting where you know I'll have those times where you have the conversation and you come up with a plan um and then you sort of maybe reflect on it later with even you know somebody else and you say oh you know this mm, is what mm. happened and they're like oh well what was the punishment and you feel like well mm. I didn't really punish them and then you sort of kind of mm. feel like oh maybe I didn't do enough like yeah. You know, we talked yeah. through the problem and, and then you're like, oh, but I guess that was a big deal. Maybe there should have been something else, you know? So I could see that, that yeah. you kind of be butting up against that old kind of way of thinking um, in yeah, terms of a, like, have I done enough? Yeah, well, you see, it's tripping the same mm-hmm. pattern. It trips it. Like we, we we go back into that. We don't you know, parent from our heart and parent from our knowing and our truth, 
we get sucked into what others think and what others say. But, you know, there there is more and more research anyway about, you know, that, you know, obviously that timeouts aren't, you know, timeouts aren't good and all this stuff, uh, you know, but ultimately you got to stay in your own lane. You do what you decide to do and uh, people are always going to have their opinion. I, I don't actually really, apart from coaching people, I don't really, uh, you know, talk to people I don't think about what happened because <laughs> I just work it out like I I work it out and and if I don't I might get my own session with someone but yeah pick pick the people you want to talk talk with have you know know the people that are supportive um because they're coming the, the thing is when you often can talk to people about things they're coming from their own patterns they're speaking from their own patterns and their ego they're not speaking from their truth like they're just speaking about you know that that's basically or you're not controlling your child and then you question it and it's the questioning that sends us crazy because you know we will just go in that loop we'll feel stuck we'll we'll be like I'm not doing enough I'm not doing I'm never doing the right thing my child's always reacting I think the basis the basic understanding is that we signed up for this parenting journey our children are going to be messy. Let's let's understand. Our children are going to be messy. They're going to yell. Maybe they're going to swear. You know, at some time they're going to say you're the worst mother, and I hate you. Mm. Uh, like like there is going to be stuff that happens that that is part of the journey. Um, and I think we forget often as parents that that you know we don't we don't like the resistance. We can't be with the resistance, but the resistance. Everything in the universe is created out of resistance. We need to be neutralize the resistance, be with it, allow it to be instead of trying to fix it. And as I said before, you know, this whole fixing model, you need, there is nothing to fix. Uh, when we let go of the fixing, kind of feeling like we always need to fix something, uh, you know, we, we certainly are going to have less problems to fix. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I mean, that fix it sort of implies that we're trying to have a perfect child at the end of this. And that's yeah. doesn't really exist, right? <laughs> so and, yeah, yeah. And it, and it, it really implies that they're broken. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. And they pick up this energy. Our children uh, really feel, feel us and feel the energy. And you don't have to say much. They know what's the energy of the room, whether they're consciously aware of it or not they're picking up our energy. So when we start to clean up our own energy and come from a more neutral place and less less um, charged space, uh, we can meet the moment. We're not meeting the moment carrying all that baggage with us and 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 um, parenting from, you know, the shoulds, the shoulds of our conditioning. So that, that parent that would say, you know, oh, you should put, what do you mean you didn't punish them? That's because they're in the paradigm you should punishment, which should is conditioning. So that would be just go down the pipeline. I'm sure she was punished. And then next generation mm -hmm. previously, the, the, they're just generational patterns that are passed down the pipeline until we go, you know, I, I want I want to create something different. I don't want to just, just follow, uh, you know, because in absolutely every moment we're creating our experience, like absolutely every moment. And we get to be at uh, cause to that moment cause to our effect or we are at the effect of it all.
Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And so you spoke a little bit about boundaries, but I just wondered, Mm -hmm. are there specific boundaries that you kind of advise to set? Like, are there ones that children benefit more from, you know, maybe at certain timing or or different? Yeah, well, in conscious parenting, you really look at boundaries as, you know, are they life affirming or there are boundaries that, you know, health and safety. Mm-hmm. There are kind of two kinds where it's sand and stone and sand, uh, stone is set in stone. You know, those are the health health and safety boundaries. Um, and sand, they're a bit more negotiable. You hold a limit, but you negotiate. Like I said before with um, screens, you hold a limit of time and then you negotiate in that. You You allow the child to come up with a plan as well. You know what, what? What do you think? I, 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 my go-to is what do you feel or what do you think uh, before I try and impose anything? Because when you meet your child with control and resistance, you're going to get more control and resistance from them. They're going to resist what re- you resist persists. So they come out and they can't have a dialogue. You can't connect. Um, and then someone's going to yell, and then you're going. They're going to yell, and you're going to yell back, and then there's a mess to clean up. So if you can preempt okay, you know, going into cleaning up your energy, going into it in a clean space, clean energy, meet the moment and you hold the boundary like you get an hour. Uh, Okay, mom, I'd like to have that half an hour, um, you know, after school and maybe could I have the other half an hour tomorrow? Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to work that with you. You're showing your child that you're listening to them, you're understanding, you're meeting what they're needing and, of course, there's going to be times when you need to to go, that doesn't work for me, I don't feel that's a good idea. Um, but you're meeting them and also they're, they're feeling empowered. You're teaching them to, to speak up for what they want. Uh, they're feeling empowered. They're feeling autonomous because, you know, all children want to, want to have autonomy and want to feel, you know, they're sovereign beings that they can... Um, you know, that's just innate in us that we want we want some control over our life. We want to be able to choose and make decisions. So, um, you know, you're teaching them how to to choose and, and decide on what they want. And, um, yeah, so it's kind of a win-win for all. And as they get older, you build on that model. Um, you know, it expands, times change, things change. You have to let go a little more as they get older. But you've set up that, that structure. Uh, and, you know, you can meet any challenge, really. Mm-hmm. Yes, that makes sense. And how if so say, you know, you're, you've got a child, they're like 13. And mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, wow, I've been, you know, going the punishment route. And mm-hmm. now I see I need to, you know, kind of start approaching this differently. It's I want to take on conscious yeah. parenting. How do you start then in terms of building those boundaries and getting them to respect them? Because if they're used to blowing through them and being punished or do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. How do you kind of backtrack? Yeah, well, you, you firstly getting clear about what you're, you're wanting to do and, you know, what, what, um, you know, what's your plan. And then you, you talk to your child, the, the open dialogue and chatting, like, you know what, I've been doing punishments and I've just, you know, recently been reading up about, you know, what you've been reading up about punishments and it doesn't feel right for me anymore. But, you you know, you have an open conversation, but 
obviously I'm concerned that, you know, when I don't take away the punishment, you're not going to listen and you're going to push the boundaries. By the way, naturally pushing the boundaries is actually very healthy for children. Um, it's really good for, for, for them and pushing the boundaries and you holding that line. That's really great. Um, not great for the parent, but <laughs> great for the child to, to, to feel that they, they can, you know, push a little bit, that they're learning because they're learning to grow and they're learning about themselves as well. Um, but you would have a chat with your child and come up with a plan and, and then you would have to start to implement, um, you know, something happens, okay, this would normally I would go for a punishment, now what? Now what do I do? Uh, and you would have to really go within and, and feel into what what is the correct consequence, what do you feel, it, you know, what's it has to be relatable to what happened. It can't be tomorrow or the week after. It can't be you can't go to a party. Um, it has to be relatable in the moment. And, um, you know, a lot of the consequences for me and that occur are naturally occurring like, um, my son will break something, say, well, he has to clean it up. And if he broke it on purpose, he has to put contribute to it, paying to it, paying mm-hmm. some contribution to it. And we work out a contribution. And my, my, you know, I think once in lockdown, my daughter threw the iPad off the balcony. Like, not, it's not a big balcony. It's like a courtyard. So it, mm-hmm. it cracked the screen. Oh wow! And she was frustrated. She's frustrated. I did, couldn't get to her straight away, and she's frustrated. So she she came up with a plan to pay me back. I don't think she paid me. You know, half at least half. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, wow. And didn't, didn't feel good, but she just did it. I was I wasn't forcing. She wasn't saying no, no, no. She just, yep, okay. Well, I just said, you know, you know what, you got to contribute to that. It, you know. And she she came up with a price, and and I felt like that was that was uh, a good number, and yeah, and she felt really she felt the feelings. If I had sent her into a room, and mm-hmm. I, I can guarantee you, she would not have felt those feelings. She would have been they would have been projected onto me, and I was such a bad mother. And how could I do it? She wouldn't have felt the the natural feeling of breaking something that is valuable and now it's she's got to make it better kind of you know Mm -hmm. she's got to take something and and of hers and yeah she would not have felt that that's a great example yeah (laughs) so we you know we're all stumbling around trying to figure it out you know like trying to work with it but it it really becomes simple because you know the answers come to you they drop into your head they drop into your mind you know, and also you don't have to rush. You know, often I feel like you, we're rushing to try and figure it out, like figure mm-hmm. out what, what to do, what to do. It, we've got to surrender and allow it. It will come. It will come. We, you say to your child, I need 10 minutes. I need a moment. You know, they're also, that's a boundary of I need to self-care. I need to look after myself. I'm not sure what to do. I'm confused. I'm overwhelmed. I need to take a moment. That's also teaching them that, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay to have a little space. We don't have to be reacting. And then you can respond and come up with the plan or or go, you know, be honest with your child. Like, I'm not really sure how it's going to work out. I don't know. But something inside me is saying I need to let go of punishments and let's try it out, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So be honest. Be open. They're, they're following. They're going to, you know, mirror your lead as well. 
and oh mum's you know my mum is um starting to think that maybe you know they're going to have their own dialogue inside going oh my mum's starting to to think about something different and wow that's a different side of my mum like it's a bit more accepting and understanding wow you know mm-hmm. so so it's it's what can unfold is 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 magical really you don't know and that's the thing a lot of the books you need to know it's the knowing i need to know what to do when to do what to say you know and i learned very early on that when i read books certain books um that my children do not like me to uh to when they're upset they do not want me to say a word i can't say oh, i can see you're feeling very upset right now no that they hate that that mm. triggers them even worse they go off my daughter explained to me that when she's upset and angry the more i speak that's just too much for her brain so she just like just so i had to deal with Firstly, I can't feel like I can't make a difference there. And secondly, they don't even want me near them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're right. Like so many things say that, like just reflect the feeling back to them yeah. and things like yeah, that. And yeah. it's like, well, for certain children, that doesn't work. That's right. Exactly. And so um, I know we're getting close to the end. And before we wrap up, I just wondered if there's any other kind of key pieces of advice or tools that you want to maybe share um, Mm. that kind of go along with this conversation. Cause I think it's really helpful. I think this is a great approach. Yeah. Like, look, a lot of it, it's unique as parents, we need to slow things down. If you know, we're reacting the, the thing that really shifted my life, um, in all areas was realizing that, um, you know, firstly, I'm not a victim to anything and I'm a creator. I creating my experience. And, and the reason, you know, we feel stuck in certain loops is because we're just recreating the same patterns of our childhood. Um, but what was really powerful was to realize that anytime I'm triggered or something's going on for me, it's never about the outside. So it's never about the child. It's not about the person outside or the incident is something ripe inside of me that was just touched and that's already in me. So that really helped me in all areas because anytime my ego would go to straight like blaming, I'd go, oh, I can't blame anyone anymore. Oh, my God, I can't blame anybody. And then I'd go, okay, what are, what are, what's going on for me? And I'd, I'd deconstruct and understand what was really going on and, you know, it was not feeling heard or not feeling seen or it was never about that person, that that incident. It just triggered that inside of me because in childhood that need wasn't met or an unmet need in childhood gets re-triggered. Uh, so then I can meet that need for myself and that's a bit of the reparenting piece where, Okay, I'm I'm needing to be seen. How am I not seeing myself? What am I not showing up for for myself? Uh, so that's really powerful when you stop blaming and stop be- being the victim, and you become aware when you're playing that out, you know, mm-hmm. and that then you change. So that was really pivotal. And um, you know, I think as parents. We, we need to really have more fun. Like our children are probably having way more fun than we are. <laughs> and, um, and I think the playful parenting, what I have discovered as well is when my uh, child is in 
a big upset when I can meet them where they're at. You know, I think there was an incident where my son was really, you know, I wanted him to do a few things. He was upset about something. He got triggered. <clears throat> he um, really angry and he was right near a box of toilet paper and he threw a box. He threw a toilet roll at me, or it was a toilet roll near him. He threw it at me. Mm-hmm. And I just, so a lot of conscious parenting, it's slowing down breathing, having a conscious pause before you do anything and react and do what you wish you hadn't done and then go down the spiral of feeling guilty and bad and the worst mother. Um, <clears throat> so he threw it at me and then I grabbed another one. I just threw it at him. And then we had this like whole toilet paper roll tossing game going on (laughs) and it released a lot of his energy Mm -hmm. and it calmed me down actually and then like straight away after he said mom I'm gonna do I'll do my room I'll do this I'll do that can you play this again afterwards and I I was like sure (laughs) and look my go-to could have been go to you know it could have been I could have easily gone down that route now, many people might go, well, that's not teaching my child, you know, uh, to they can't do this. But this is where we kind of screw it up. Like, like, why can't my child be angry? Why? What is wrong with anger? Mm-hmm. Anger is a powerful energy. My child can be angry, but we're teaching them to diffuse it in the correct, the, the, the healthy way, not out at someone else, not yelling, like projecting it on someone else. We teach them different way. And if if physically you need to disperse the energy in some way, you know, whether that's jumping up and down or, you know, you could grab a towel and, and twist it and really get that aggression and that anger out or go into the boxing. We've got a boxing uh, stand, a boxing um, bag. Mm-hmm. You know, teach them that don't be scared of your anger. Don't be scared of your emotions. Meet them where they're at and let them feel them and move through them. But the only way can we can do that as parents uh, is we can do it for ourselves. So that's the key piece of conscious parenting is you can't give what you don't have. You can't you can't be it and do it unless you're doing it for yourself. So that's mm-hmm. where the journey begins back 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 home to you. Yeah, that's great. Okay, really interesting. So Nina, I'm sure parents are going to want to find out more about you. How can listeners find out more either on social media, online? What are the best ways to connect? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm on Facebook, uh, Nina Cruz Conscious Coaching. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Nina Cruz Coach. And I have a website, Nina Cruz Conscious Coaching.com. And um, I also have a private group uh, on Facebook, uh, Conscious Creators Collective, where I do, I have a lot of workshops in there that I've done, also conscious parenting, but also being the creator in all areas of your life. Once you, you begin the journey, you you actually, you know, realise the power to create anything, really. Your whole experience is, is being created by us. Once we become aware of, of, of what we're creating, we can, we can um, you know, unconsciously or consciously, um, we can start to uh, align to what we really want to create as a parent and, and in our life. Um, and yeah, that's about it. I think, um, I've got some free, free things on my website as well. And I do free 30 minute discovery calls to see if, you know, we're a fit and, and, um, you know, what, 
you know, whether conscious parenting is something you want to explore and, and understand yourself better. And look, the, the reality of conscious of this kind of work, this coaching is you don't actually have to have a child. You just have to have had a parent. Mm, interesting. Ah, okay. No, that's great. <laughs> and uh, like I said, I really appreciate your time today. I think this has been super interesting and, and people will get a lot for it. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Have you read my novel Pendulum by S.E. German yet? If not, what are you waiting for? And if you have, I would love to hear from you. If you don't know about Pendulum, it's a heartwarming story about a young boy who starts to experience neuropsychiatric symptoms after an infection. We follow the boy as he goes through many regular, real middle grade issues like moving, having a crush, playing sports, also while experiencing neuropsychiatric symptoms like anxiety, OCD, tics, panic attacks, and more. If you're interested in checking out Pendulum by S.E. German, it is available through Amazon Worldwide, where you can even see a preview of the book, or you can listen to chapter one, which is on episode 64 of the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. I hope you enjoy the novel, and thanks for your support. Thank you so much to Nina Cruz for her conversation this week. I really enjoyed digging into conscious parenting. I did a lot of reflecting after the episode. I thought, is this what I am doing? And I do think in a lot of cases, I am very close to this. And it really kind of validated to me why sometimes when I'm doing things, they don't feel right. Or it kind of gave a bit of a an actual approach to some of the things that my gut says I should be doing. So I really loved that. Um, I loved her explanations around how this can actually fit into real life because I think that's one of the challenges is we learn about something and then we just don't quite understand how to do it. (laughs) So I really liked all of her explanations and her focus on us really slowing down as parents Um, not being in reaction mode and starting to have a little bit more fun and definitely in in focusing on connecting with our child. I thought that was really great. And so again, if you want to hear a little bit more from Nina Cruz, she's on Facebook. Um, She's also on Instagram at Nina Cruz Coach. And of course, her website is ninacruzconsciouscoaching.com. Again, I really hope you enjoyed this episode, maybe learned a few things yourself. If you did, I'd love to hear from you. I'm sure Nina would love to hear from you. And um, if you do have any suggestions of guests that you think I should reach out to or other areas you'd love to hear more information on, I'd love to hear from you. So feel free to reach out to me through Instagram at Sarah, S-A-R-A, Lady Gluten. Or you can always email me at realliferojectco at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I hope that everybody is doing well this fall. We got past Halloween and we are moving into November, which can be an interesting month in Canada. We get a real mixed bag in terms of weather. So far, it has been very lovely, but we know those gray days are going to come soon. And then, of course, the holidays are not that far away. I'm already starting to put my mind to what that's going to look like. 
So I hope you're having a great week and I look forward to connecting with you next week. Thank you for listening to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Please keep in mind, this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can follow me on social media, Instagram and TikTok at Sarah Lady Gluten or Facebook, Sarah underscore Gluten Free Lady. You can also visit my website, which includes author information, speaking information, and more info on the podcast at www.se-german.com. If you like the podcast, please feel free to review the podcast on your favorite platform and also subscribe because it means that it will show up for you every week on your favorite podcast platform. Also, we've just started to have the ability to support the podcast. You can find this link in my Instagram bio or visit ko-fi, ko-fi.com slash learning to slay the beasts. Thanks again for listening and have a great week. Mm-hmm.